Hello, my little flower, and welcome back to another episode. Thank you so much for being here. I'm going to keep this intro brief today because the actual juicy main meat and veg of the episode is 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 a pretty lengthy one, but it is such a good conversation between me and my new gal pal, Lisa, um, who I connected with through Instagram. Um, and this conversation is... It's all about Lisa sharing her story to meeting her boyfriend um, on a dating app. Um, And Lisa went through some trauma uh, very early on in her life. And so she talks about how this impacted her. um, And we talk a lot about, you know, the healing journey and, and the big impact it has on dating. We talk about you know, how to approach dating, how to show up on the apps. We share some of our biggest mistakes that we both made because our journeys and our stories are, they overlap in so many different ways. So I really hope that you enjoy this conversation. Just as a pre-warning, Lisa does talk about her experience of being raped. So um, if you are listening and this is something that you have been through, you may find that you are um, a little triggered and maybe this isn't going to be the right episode for you but I really hope you enjoy our conversation as always any questions reach out to me on Instagram or tip yourself over pip yourself over to my website thrivewithduff.com I always love connecting with you and hearing your stories and your biggest takeaways from the episode so I'm going to leave it here my friend I will be back next week probably with a solo episode just to fill you in on what has been going on on because there has been a lot um, and I shall talk to you soon enjoy bye for now my friend welcome to the thrive with dove podcast my name is Sarah Dove and I am going to be your host for these episodes I am a relationship coach entrepreneur life coach tapping practitioner breathwork practitioner and I am on a mission to help you be better feel better live better and to truly thrive in your life as the best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So in the episodes, I'm going to be covering topics such as romance, love, relationships, dating, money, manifestation, personal and spiritual development, business, all of the things that you need. And each of the episodes, my intention is that there is going to be stuff in there that you can take out and start to use in your real life today. And what I would love more than anything else is that if you get value from the episodes, please share it with your friends, share it with your family, share it on your social media, because we need to get the message out that people do not need to be just surviving in life. We are here to truly, truly thrive. And it would also mean the world to me that if there is an episode you love or you just love the podcast in general, if you would take some time, head over to iTunes and leave me a rating and some stars. So that's all for me from now. Enjoy the episodes and I will speak to you really, really soon. Oh, so I am so excited today and I'm going to apologize right now for what is about to come out of my mouth. I kind of have to do it because this girl's name is like literally the freaking best. So on today's show, as mentioned in the intro, I have the beautiful, the amazing Lisa Venn. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah. If I don't entertain, if I don't entertain anyone else, I do entertain myself quite a lot. 
Lisa, hello and welcome. Thank you so much for joining me today. First of all, let's do a feels check-in. How are you feeling in this moment in time as you sit opposite me? I'm feeling great. I'm so excited to be here. Obviously, I have felt like we are kindred spirits ever since we connected. Oh my God, totally. <laughs> it's uh, just context. We are Instagram friends and I will say that I have met some of the, the some of my best friends through Instagram, you know, mm -hmm. so like social media, I always say that social media can be used for the best and the worst of things in the world. But I'm so glad that we connected and we will get into how we connected and why we connected shortly. Mm -hmm. um, but I would love you to just tell the peeps like who you are, what you do, where you live right now, because this is like, this is the hilarious, this is the hilarious bit. Um, which we'll go into in a second. But yeah, just give us the lowdown on who you are. Give you the lowdown? Yeah. Well, like you said, I'm Lisa Van Lu. I go by LVL on Instagram. And currently I live in New York City. Been here for about a decade. So going, you know, I'm, I'm a real New Yorker, as you would say now. Um, but I'm originally from Kansas. So small town girl, been here, um, you know, for a decade came out and um, I built my career in fashion and learning and development, but most recently have, you know, switched gears and moved into, I got my coaching certification, which is something that I love. And I've been writing and started a blog and I've been doing all of the things through the pandemic. So that kind of brought me, you know, to my passions. And I have recently really been diving into helping women find self-love, find real love and, you know, kind of work through healing themselves. Um, that's kind of my message on Instagram, even my like blog and my whole message and everything has done a 180 since I started like last year on, you know, on this journey of my own. And it's just been really fun. And that's obviously how I came to find you when I was doing my Instagram stalking <laughs> and <laughs> like I do and found you on the platform. And I feel like I was, it's so crazy because I don't actually, I haven't been doing as much Instagram, you know, com communication or kind of, um, you know, just engagement as I probably should. And then I don't know what it was about that day that I just was kind of poking through and found your, found your post. And I was like, we are the same. Are <laughs> uh, the same person. Um, I mean, huh? that was, it was the, um, divine timing the universe needed to connect mm -hmm. and um to start spreading our joint messages of mm -hmm. self-love to find love I guess really is is, yeah. is what we're kind of like communicating um mm -hmm. just to just to tap into for my beautiful peeps is obviously you all know that my long distance boyfriend lives in New York and he literally lives like mm -hmm. Pretty a train stop, I think one yeah. stop away from yeah. me. So I was like, I'll go stop him for you if you want me to. <laughs> like, if you need me to go, just be a messenger for you. I'm happy to be that person. Oh <laughs> I could start doing really creepy things, like getting you to take yeah. them down and put them outside of his door. And he would be just so confused. He'd be like, what the <laughs> hell? How is this? Like, How is this happening? Mind games. <laughs> Mind games. Oh, my God. Um. Thank you for sharing all of that. And um, the other thing that we have in common is that your your website and your branding is you've got plants all over it. And my new branding yes. is all around the plants. 
hands and stuff. So literally, you know, the, the synchronicities have been like incredible, really, between the between the two of us. Like you said, it's divine intervention. Like yeah. we feel, uh, and you know, the plants for me represent my relationship for sure. Because my boyfriend is like a plant daddy, as that as they call it. I think that's what they call it. <laughs> Plant daddy. Plant? Oh, yeah. that sounds like I'm learning a lot on TikTok. Okay, <laughs> and we have a lot of plants in our in our apartment together, and so that's like my I just love. It makes me feel serene. Oh my god, it doesn't mean like <laughs> you feel the love. My, you can see my background. Oh, you have some pretty ones. Yeah, I've got them literally all over and out on my out on my. Do balcony. yours have names? Because all of ours do. <clears throat> they do, but please don't ask me to go around and name them for you all now because I I might because no. I might not remember. But yeah, they all get named when they <laughs> when they when they arrive. Um, and I guess like really the plants, uh, like you said, for you it's the significance of you know your new relationship and your new life with your boyfriend. And I guess for me, moving into this was kind of the new relationship with myself because I got more I got mm -hmm. into the plants before I got into. I'd say got into my boyfriend, but that's not quite, <laughs> not quite right. But kind of met. I met, get what you mean. Yeah, you get what I mean. So let's dive into like your history mm -hmm. on the on the relationship and gentleman. Oh, it's being very kind. <clears throat> Boy, I hope you have enough time. <laughs> Five-hour podcast yes. episode. I, I know. I'm like, do you really want to dig in? No, yeah. we definitely. I mean, that's why I was talking, I, I was talking your Instagram yesterday again, because I just love reading all your stuff. And I felt like we had a very kindred journey. Um, you know, similar minds, you know, started like every girl's at 16 or, you know, whatnot when you're super young. And, and um, I unfortunately had some really traumatic experiences very young. Um, and one was um, when I was 16, I was raped and that's how I lost my virginity. And it took me probably, I think about 12 years to even really connect the dots that that's what happened, like to process and really like figure that out. Um, and so I dove into masking a lot of pain with alcohol abuse and I had so much anxiety and a lot of mental health stuff, um, pretty young and then kind of dove straight back into another kind of abusive relationship at 18. So before I even went to college, I probably had the most two, the two most traumatic situations with men ever. Mm -hmm. And it just fueled this sort of journey with rape trauma syndrome and mental health issues and so much stuff, but I never really knew. And I, I wasn't healing. I just was barreling through life. Um, and so you know, I'm lucky that I was able to, you know, figure, sort of figure things out. And, and, um, you know, I really went after kind of my career and trying to be successful and all of these things, because I didn't want to tap into this vulnerable side. I felt like, you know, I would just crumble if I, you know, had to be vulnerable. So, you know, I went through my twenties, kind of a hot mess, you know, of a, of a person definitely, you know, in that phase of life, I think a lot of people are drinking and partying and, and, you know, experimenting already. But then when you add on top of that, sort of the trauma and the, the situations that I hadn't really unpacked, it was, it was a lot for me. And so I, you know, really struggled, but I figured out, you know, I moved to New York at about 27. Mm -hmm. um, I had a couple of relationships through there, very nice guys. But again, I was like stone cold. I sort of talk about myself as like a, 
I wore this mask of, you know, just tough girl. Like, and I, I like to say like, you know, tough girls are tough for a reason. And so, and that's so true. Like I was tough because I had to be. And so I struggled with men. I struggled with, you know, sleeping with men too soon, uh, you know, always dating unavailable men. I mean, it was just a constant cycle of the same over and over and over again until I started to really dig in and address some of the situations that I had gone through. My journal became my best friend. I actually had a friend who gave me a journal and was like, I really think you should tap into some, you know, some things and kind of deal with stuff. And that's what started my healing journey at probably about 28. And then that went on, I mean, for a long time, just until now. And I'm still diving into, you know, the repercussions of what happened and how that's affected who I became. And that was like a really heavy thing to think about too. It's like, wow, this shaped my entire life. So lots of unpacking there. Yeah. Oh my God. And it's, it's an interesting thing that you bring up about the masks because I think the, the tough girl mask, the strong mask, the, you know, the people pleasing mask, all of it, they are all there as like, I always think of like, if you think of like a a walnut and the outside of a Mm -hmm. walnut is is hard because it's protecting what is really going on on the inside, which is the little bit of Mm -hmm. Um, and I think like from, from, you know, a very early age, we start to get conditioned. And when you go through something like you did, which is obviously like a, a big T trauma, that mask mm-hmm. becomes like triple, like strengthened, like the thickest mask you can possibly put on. And mm-hmm. would you say at that time, did you have an awareness of this mask? Or was it, cause I think this is always, people are like, I don't really, is this not I don't think I so. I didn't know that it was the mask. I really didn't. It was really, truly like who I was. I believed it was who I was. And, and I think I wore it very strongly. And I mean, I convinced people that that's who I was for sure for a long time. I mean, I remember going into my late twenties being like, I don't want a relationship. I don't want to have kids. I don't want love. Like, I don't need any of that. Like it was very much like I don't need shit. I'm too, you know, too much, you know, or too cool for any of that. I always played way too cool. Didn't care. I mean, I was emotionally unavailable for so long. And I think you and I talked about that. Yes. I was just attracting what I was putting out because I refused to let this person out who I really am. And so I think that's like a whole nother journey where you're like, oh, this isn't who I am, but now who am I? How do I let that other person out and become a blend of those two people. That's been probably the the most interesting part of my last like two years of life. Uh, (laughs) Oh my God. And I think you can really, um, you can experience a real sense of loss and you can feel very lost for a while as you start Mm -hmm. to really identify, okay, so if that's not who I am, then Mm -hmm. who am I? And it does take like a whole other, um, reinvention if you will because it means you Mm -hmm. asking yourself and and being truthful with yourself about what what you like what you don't like what you need what you don't need yeah like all of this it's like relearning um I mean I always I use this analogy a lot that it's everything this healing journey is all about learning a new language and so you have to learn this new language of of who you who you are and people kind of 
I think almost when they go on the healing journey, and I don't know whether you'll agree with this or not, they feel like they'll they'll heal it and, and it will all like, it will be fairly simple to, you know, then just transform into this new version of yourself. Mm-hmm. But actually there's a whole, there's layers within layers that you need to kind of like yes. deal with and be patient with yourself, you know? It's so hard. It's actually really hard for me. I think I had started my own journey on my own, like I said, with my journal and I was doing a lot of, kind of learning. I tried therapy. I'll never forget when I, right around that same time that I started the journal, I tried to go to therapy and I went to, and I didn't understand therapy. So I like went to this lady, you know, and I sat on the couch and I just immediately like started bawling, crying because I'd never let any of my emotions out and spewed this whole story. I was like hysterical. And this woman's like, never met me before. And it's like, holy shit. And I was so embarrassed. I never went back. I think I did that like two times. And then, and so then I was like, that was too much. Like the floodgates had opened. So I had to shut them again. And I just kept journaling and talking to friends. And I would definitely do, I did so much research. I mean, uh, because I had OCD too, like obsessively researching about Mm -hmm. stuff. And I had sort of a really tough year in 2019 where finally I came crashing down. Like I switched Mm -hmm. jobs. I had a lot of change happen in my life. And it was like a catapult that just forced me to address everything that I'd been hiding from. I mean, I finally had to address all of these sort of like unavailable men that I kept in my life. Like I kept them all around mm-hmm. me. So I felt like I had options, but it was, yes. they were all in healthy relationships. Yeah. Um, and I remember I had this moment where I felt like I didn't have anybody that was there for me. And, you know, it was like one of the the jerks that I had kept around for a couple of years was like, I was like, I'm really going through a hard time. And he was like, well, you know, good luck and like, get call me when you're better kind of thing. And I like lost it. It was like that moment where I was like, what am I doing? Like, I'm keeping these people in my life. I'm keeping these, these, you know, this kind of circle of people around me. And it just spiraled from there. I just was like that, mo- that day <clears throat> I drew a line in the sand. I was like, I'm done. And my health actually took a turn for the worst as well. I ended up having Lyme disease, which was super random, mm-hmm. but it really aggravated all my mental health issues. So I landed myself. I had like lost a lot of weight. I was very sick, um, kind of going into 2020. And that's where I like, I called and found my therapist. Mm. <clears throat> and it was like another kind of divine intervention where I called and like, she randomly had time for me. I found her, we had one phone conversation. And I was like, I'm I actually was like, oh, I'll think about it. Then I hung up and then I just called her right back. It was like, I'll see you on Sunday. Like, what am I doing? Like, I need to do yeah. something. And it was like, I was being pushed to, I, I couldn't hide or mask any of this the stuff anymore. But then the unpeeling of that whole process, you know, of undoing all of the sort of layers that and the protective shields and all the stuff that you've built is so challenging. And I mean, it's just, it's, it's hard. That's why people avoid therapy. I mean, it's not easy, (laughs) you know? Oh my God. And I, you know, what I would love for everyone to do, and this will never happen because this is just not how we're wired as humans. But if anyone, if anyone listening can do this for themselves, please do, which is, you know, your story, my story, we both pushed ourselves to the point where the pain was so great. Mm-hmm. There was there was so much kind of going on inside of us that it felt like we were going to explode essentially. Yep. And the shame mm-hmm. and everything that we were carrying around. And I, I it always it's like incredible that we as humans have to push ourselves to that point of like, you know, literally yeah. explode before we will actually 
take action and and to to start looking at things differently and i guess you know for me and you both being in the coaching space it's kind of like how can how can we help people kind of identify a little bit sooner and take action mm-hmm. a little bit sooner and start you know unraveling and unpicking before actually they come to this point of combustion i think the reason that we wanted to have this conversation today one of the reasons was to try and like if you're listening now and you know you're resonating with anything that we are saying but you're not quite at that point but you do know that there is some stuff that you need to look at like don't put it off actually Mm -hmm. stop do not put it off what i would love to know is when you ran out when you went to see the two therapists and then you kind of never went back was it the shame of having let all of that out first of all that then that yeah want to go again I think it was definitely the shame I felt ashamed I felt like it was you know I took on like somehow it was my fault Mm. um I was definitely a people pleaser I had so many of the symptoms of just the the trauma and and I also felt like I didn't know how to put it back together like if I if I was going to let it all come out how was it going to come back together and how was I going to be able to be this person or show up to work or be this strong girl that I had created or the strong, you know, woman. And so I think I, I was afraid to, you know, I had let it all out. And then I was like, Oh my God, button it back up. Like, I'm not ready for that. And then, you know, but then I just kind of kept going on my way. Like I kept doing kind of the same thing. And I truly believe now like the universe will send you the same lesson over and over and over again until you learn it. And it's so true. And so until I was willing to change myself, you know, because for a long time, I think I blamed the things around me for my circumstances, especially when it comes to dating. It's easy to say men suck, you know, or they're the worst dating sucks, all this blah, blah, blah. But if you're continuing to get the same results, like you're the common denominator. And I think we talked about that last time we spoke. It's like, I, my behavior was the same and I, you know, was expecting different results by doing the same thing. And I think that's part of our culture as well when it comes to this fairy tale idea of dating. Mm-hmm. I sort of just thought like, I'm just going to meet someone and they're going to love me and it's going to be great. But like, I didn't love myself and it was pretty obvious <laughs> with, with the way that I was behaving. And mm-hmm. when I really thought about it, or if I look back, I wasn't being the partner that somebody that I would want to be with would want. That's I wasn't doing that. So you know, but it's so hard to be that um, crucial or like, you know, critical of yourself and say, I need to change because you get comfortable and you get like, you know, you're getting something. I like to say you're getting like a negative benefit from some yeah. of these relationships or whatever you're doing. You're yeah. kind of reinforcing it in a negative way. And like, you know, I really also started my self-help journey around the same time. I had a friend who, um, you know, told me to read like you are a badass. And I started kind of dipping in my, you know, dipping my toes into limiting beliefs and understanding that like my thought process was just creating a continued spiral. I was so mean to myself. Like I I can't even imagine talking to myself in the same way that I did then. So it's just, it was like a whole journey, but I think like what you said is if you're listening and you're going through something like that, you it's, it will behoove you to start to pick at those wounds sooner and be curious about yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, why do I do things this way? You know, if you're struggling in one, one area, what's blocking you? Like what, you know, and it's, it's actually just 
it's more self-love to do that, but it's going to help you move faster towards your goals instead of waiting until you, I mean, like we both said, until you completely break down. Like I had a full blown breakdown. I was physically and mentally completely at my lowest. And I never, I mean, the people around me were very concerned. I mean, Mm -hmm. I kept the mask up pretty well around people at work or, you know, I, I mean, I don't even know how I was making it to work because on the weekends, like I wouldn't get out of bed. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I was still like a robot in some ways, like getting, making it happen. But my close, you know, friends and family were like, what is happening? But I was blaming it on the new job. It wasn't the new job. That was the problem. You know what I mean? It was all of, it was me and all of the behaviors and things that I hadn't addressed for decades. Yeah. It's so uncomfortable when you make the realization (laughs) that the common denominator throughout everything is is actually you and that Mm -hmm. the only way that you're going to change it is by looking at yourself and just to kind of highlight what you said about um the negative benefit in that I always say to my clients so there's always a when you have a limiting belief that just won't shift if you have a pattern that keeps repeating then mm-hmm. it's pretty obvious what the cost of that is to you. But what you need to be looking at is what is the payoff? Because that belief, yeah. that pattern is serving you in some way. Nine mm-hmm. times out of 10, when you start digging into it, it's a it's protection mechanism. It's all about, it's all about safety. So mm-hmm. in order for you to break that, you have to find another way to give yourself that payoff, another way to, mm-hmm. you know, um, create the safety that you need and then that's what Mm -hmm. part of this kind of healing journey healing journey is um and I mean if you look back at where you might have been if you hadn't have actually started this journey Mm -hmm. and actually started Um, earning your shit like where do you think you would be oh my god I would be I would have ended up in the hospital for sure I was Um, I was, like I said, I was physically, my body was taking a toll at that point. Like, I remember I lost a ton of weight, which in my normal life, I would have been like, oh, wow. Yeah, this is great. But I, it was like scary weight loss because I wasn't trying, you know what I mean? And it was one of those things where I wasn't getting out of bed. I was crying all the time. I, I remember having a moment where I had said, if I can't figure this out, I mean, either I would have ended up in the hospital or I was going to move home. I literally like at that Mm. point, I think I needed that security. And my parents, I got really attached to like my mom and dad around that time. Like every Saturday, I was calling them say self breakdown Saturdays because I would wake up and cry and call my mom and dad like literally every Saturday. And I was just losing it. And my, I lived with a roommate who I'd lived with for like seven years. He was like my will, the will to my grace. Uh, and he didn't know, he didn't know what to do with me. My brother lived close. He didn't know what to do with me anymore. Like my friends were like, what is happening? I was going to move home. I was going to give up New York. I was like, I'm going to go home. Something's wrong and I need to go fix it. And it just so happened. There was like another divine in- intervention moment where an old mentor who was like a mother to me uh-huh. called me and was like, I have a job for you. And I just, I just knew it was one of those moments where, of course, I went back and forth. I was, you know, so in this moment of rumination and all this stuff in my brain. But I just knew when she called, I was like, this is the universe giving me that comfort that I need. And being around her is going to help me feel that I can heal and that work isn't going to be, you know, number one. I can, I can still do a job and get a paycheck, but I can heal myself. And then boom, literally two months later, COVID hit. 
And mm. it just was one of those things where it all worked out so well. And I also happened to meet my boyfriend at the which same time. It's a beautiful segue, which we will yes, get into I know. now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. just like to, to, finish, to finish, so you started work with yeah. the, the mm-hmm. mentor. And yeah. was that the kind of like turning point, would you say? It was. Yeah, it was one of those moments where I looked at the end of that old job and kind of starting this new job is because I'm like, I'm a perfectionist and I was going into a new job. So I was like, I can't go in there this hot mess. Like I have to, it forced me. I remember I took like a week off in between jobs, which now I look back like, okay, you need more time off. But (laughs) at that time off, I went to therapy. I went to the doctor. I got on medication. They immediately were like, you need something. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't fight it anymore. I just yeah. was like non-negotiable. And I knew I would have the support I needed also from someone that knew me really well. So that it just all happened the way it was supposed to happen. And then I, again, I, what's crazy is I was still dating this time. I was still in the dating <laughs> even, amongst, <laughs> even amongst all the crazy. And I think what it was, was I was trying to continue my normal behaviors, yes. right? I was, I was trying to force myself to stay the course. I was like, keep doing things. Like, even if it's just getting out of bed and going to get a coffee down the street one day, or, you know, take a walk. Like I was just trying to keep myself moving. And yeah. And I had taken a long break from dating after I kind of cut all the men, all these bad men out. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I'm done. And then of course I got tested from the universe. When I said I was done, done, then they all came crawling out of the woodwork, you know, like every ex always does like, Hey, you know, And I had to shut them all, you know, shut them all down. And I took like six months off. But then once I started going back to, um, to the doctor and therapy, I got back on the dating apps and I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm doing this and I'm going to do this in a different way. And I showed up so different. And I think that's what you and I talked about as well is, you know, when you start to heal and you start to change, you are showing up different. And I demanded something totally different. And then it's like the red flags that you see the red flags from the guys that, are, you know, you, they're always going to be out there. Those kind of like uh, unavailable, you know, assholes or whatever. Yeah. It's like, they were like going off, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? And it was just that same time that I happened to meet my now, you know, partner. Oh my God. Okay. So, so much to, so much to dig into. So Unpack. <laughs> yeah, let's go for, so pre this new reinvention, when you were going mm-hmm. on the dating apps, what was kind of your, what was your energy behind it? What was the criteria? Oh. What were you wanting to get out of it? Because I know for me, there was a lot of like, my worth was attached to how, you know, yeah. whether they would like me, whether they would message me back, like how attractive mm-hmm. they were. Like, so I was on there mm-hmm. for, for validation for who I yes. was. I was in a very desperate energy all of the time. Me too. I think my, yeah. de- my energy was so desperate and I didn't realize that because I thought yeah. I was this tough, cool girl. Right. Yeah. But I was showing up and the desperation was there. And I think same thing. I was looking for validation, which I was doing that, not even on the apps, anytime anywhere. I was interacting with men anywhere. Yeah. So my behavior was just translating into an app and I would accept behavior on that app on any app. You know, I tried all the dating apps, but I would accept behavior that I would never accept now, like, or or Mm -hmm. conversation, like men say gross things, or, you know, you get those red flags. And instead of, you know, being like, nope, taking the red flag and run and running away from it, I would, you know, accept that kind of behavior. And, you know, I was always way too afraid to talk about what I wanted or what I was looking for. That's that desperation, worrying that you're going to lose someone because you've expressed your 
needs, which is to me now, I'm like, that's crazy because then you're weeding those people out. Of course you want them to go, but you would get attached to, like you said, how attractive someone was, or, you know, I remember at one point back in my journey, I did this whole like feminine energy workbook. Like, cause I was like, I'm really, I want like this, I want a masculine man. And I tried to like sit into my feminine, but all I did was attract like this really beefy guy, but was the same stuff. Like nothing else had changed. (laughs) So it was just me doing the same shit over and over. But yes, it's that desperation, anxiousness, you know, trying to control it. Like that feeling of, if I do this, is he going to do that? And like trying to, you know, piece together what was going to happen. It was trying to manipulate, it's trying to manipulate the outcome because that's Mm -hmm. the only thing, that's the only thing that makes you feel kind of safe in a way. Yeah. And it's like anybody who, and this is also true, anybody who ever actually invested in me and was interested in me, I was like, not my type, not into them. Like, you know, and I know I see girls do this. I see girls do this all the time. And I'm like, your type is just something familiar. It's a safety mechanism, right? You're just being attracted to what you know. And so if your type is, you know, you, you think it's being tall and like dark and handsome or whatever it is, it's not, it's the, it's the familiarity that you're looking for, which is, you know, I think for me being attracted to that unavailable man was safe because you actually knew the outcome. You actually knew that they were not going to invest in you and you were not going to have to be vulnerable and have a relationship that was never happening. But if a man came and was like really interested in seeing me, I would every excuse I would like panic. And my roommate would laugh at me every time I would come home. I, he would be like, what's wrong with him? You don't like his shoes. His ears are too big. Like what, what is it? Like the dumbest stuff, because I was just making up shit from these like really great guys because I couldn't handle it. Like I was not ready to connect with another person. Like I didn't have that sort of self-worth or, you know, so it was just a continued behavior, but I showed up that way, not only in dating apps, it was bars. It was, I just needed the validation. It's like, if I could get somebody to want me or whatever, then I won, you know, which was, but actually I lost in the end. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. Yeah. It's so interesting that kind of, cause I kind of did the same with the self-sabotaging when somebody was, and somebody was actually being nice and Mm -hmm. and all of that because it wasn't, it wasn't familiar to me. And I will always say like, you don't have a type, you have a pattern and that's that's where it's all, it's all coming from. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're looking at what it is that's why it's so important to actually take some time to identify like what is it you actually want in mm-hmm. in a partner and to take it way beyond the uh physical yes. like attributes except yes it's about more than that it's about the essence of the person and like you said about the the tall thing yes yeah you know, you might think that your type is tall and like, you know, everyone ha- has the right to, you know, be with what they yeah. find attractive, but also what is underneath the tall? Is it safety? Mm-hmm. Is it security? Is it all of this? So it's about really opening, opening your eyes and thinking beyond, well, this mm-hmm. is my type and that's it. You yeah. Know, not digging into, into it. Did you mm-hmm. get, um, a lot of the kind of dick pics, a lot of the sexting. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. And I, yes, a hundred percent. And I think the problem with that's always going to happen, but I entertained it. I, I would entertain 
you know, I, I was not big on to like sending like selfies and, you know, sexy photos, but I know that women do, but I, oh, no, I did. Saw, <laughs> did you? I definitely did. I'm not oh my I God. But I, I wasn't like, I, again, but that was more of my insecurity. I was yeah. way too insecure to actually even do that to people. But I, and again, I definitely did it. I definitely did it. But, but when it came to those apps, like you engage with people because you're getting the attention. Right. Yeah. And you're like, wow, they find me sexy. I'm going to maybe, but it's like, if that's what he's showing you right away, like yeah. there's no chance this man is interested in you for anything else, but it didn't matter to me because any, any attention was better than no attention. And I didn't have the self-worth to say, I'm not doing that. Like, are you kidding? Like, but it's one of those things where when you're in that phase, you can't see through it. And you, again, you just, you get fixated on the idea of someone and what they could be. And this fake person that you've created in your head. And so you're like, we're going to, we're going to meet in person and then we're going to make love and it's going to be so magical. And then we're going to fall like, no, no. And that's like what the movies and the society have done to women's brains, but that is not going to happen. And it, I mean, listen, there's always an exception to the rule. I have a best friend who, you know, hooked up with her husband, you know, one night and then they were like, got married. Right. That doesn't happen for most people. And so it's just one of those things that we create this fantasy world that we live in. And, you know, it's, it's almost that hope that you kind of attach yourself to and why you continue to do it. But, you know, you don't realize that, you know, when you change who, what, what you're bringing to the table, you're going to attract something different. And that's like, as soon as I kind of, and I, I do this in my workbook and that's what um, the workbook that I created around kind of healing and attracting commitment. I went into this workbook with this idea of what is, what are these most powerful sort of activities Mm -hmm. that I can teach a woman to, you know, do on her own to sort of break these patterns. And Mm -hmm. the first thing was the one thing that I did before I went back into the dating scene was I drew the line in the sand. And I said, I absolutely will not accept, like, what will I not accept anymore? What am I looking for? I painted a picture of my new partner. And it's so interesting because we get attached to this type, Mm -hmm. but your partner's going to show up and not necessarily fit that type. There were things about him that, I mean, he happens to be tall, which worked out well, but I didn't even notice that at first, you know, but I was so focused on, I remember when I first met him, I was so uncomfortable and I was like, he's so different. I don't know. I mean, the journey of me letting him in was I had to go so slow because I was so afraid and it was just the same, you know, pattern coming up, but you got to change, you got to declare and then show up differently. And then you're going to attract different people because you're showing up as your best version. And I mean, I do believe in energy, like energy attracts energy. Like you're going to attract what you're putting out there. A hundred percent. Yeah, exactly. Which is why the whole how you are in the relationship with yourself is what you are going to attract into your Yes. Life, you know, and that is mm-hmm. period, full stop, underline, end of. That is just that is just the way that it it's just the way that it it works. So mm-hmm. when we look then at fast forward, second time coming onto the dating app, we've kind of given yep. a spoiler alert because everyone now knows you've already you met the boyfriend yes. on, on the <laughs> Yeah. on the app but like he wasn't the first one though he wasn't okay. the first one that I met the second okay. time so what was the kind of because I know certainly for me when I went back on the apps after I'd kind of had my epiphany of oh shit um mm-hmm. I definitely I'd made a what I am not available for because sometimes mm-hmm. I think um that it's easier to work out in the beginning of this what you're not available for 
yes and to work out because if you're not used to actually saying what, exactly what you want and, and what you need it's almost easier to reverse mm -hmm. engineer it and start with the yep. what, what what am I definitely not available for yes yeah um and I think when I went back on the apps, I was very, I made a very intentional conscious decision, which it sounds like you did as well. I did too. Mm -hmm. so what was your like mindset around it? When you went back on it, were you like, were you going on it to just experiment a little bit? Did you just want to date? Were you looking oh. for an actual relationship? What was the, I was, behind it? I was ready. I think I went okay. in, like I said, I had made that conscious decision. I had done it about six or seven months before. And I had like, because I, I had to start like peeling back, right? Cutting out the jerks, you know, really changing my behavior. And then when I was ready, I was like, I want a relationship. And I had never said that before. Mm -hmm. I'm looking for a partner. And one thing that I really focused on kind of the, the pre kind of period before I got on the dating apps was like you said, what am I really looking for? And I'll never forget around that time frame. Like I said, I was really attached to my parents mm -hmm. and I was like calling, talking to my mom a lot, my dad a lot. And I had like a great, you know, um, family dynamic growing up. My dad's like one of those men where I was like, he's just such a great father and very, you know, involved. And Aww. I remember saying to my mom, I remember saying like, I don't think that they make them like, I, like dad set the bar too high is what I said. I was like, dad set the bar too high. And I'm just, I have my, my heart set on finding a man like that. And I just don't know if that's, uh, that's real. And so I think then obviously when I started to show back up, I said, okay, well, that's not true. You're telling yourself a limiting, limiting belief. Like what kind of man you want to find a man like your father, which you know, they always say you end up with your dad, but I, <laughs> the qualities, right. The qualities of my father, I was sort of kind of attached to this idea yeah. of like some of the things that I really, you know, looked, looked up to and him. But when I showed back up on the dating apps, it definitely, I showed up differently. I showed up with the intention of long-term. And it's interesting because I looked back at my kind of history and there was one period of time where I applied sort of like a rule book to dating and I landed oh, this boyfriend. Yeah. And I remember it was like, not sleeping with him too soon. I'm going to make him court me. Like I did all of these things and it worked. And I was like, you've done this before, right? So you're going to do everything that's opposite of what your, what your instincts tell you to do. <laughs> yeah. And kind of run with a rule book, like, go, go, you know, and so I went in with the intention of going super slow, getting to know somebody like I sex was off the table, you know, it was like, find out, you know, make find out if these men are really interested in you. And the first guy I never, I'll never forget the first guy came on really strong, and was like super into me and all the stuff. And I was kind of like, whoa, he was like second date. He was like, what's your love language, all the stuff. And I kind of got excited for a second, but I was like, hold up. Then I remember our third date, it was like, he clearly planned it to where he thought the third date was going to be the date. And all of a sudden these red flags were like flying at me. And I remember I was like, no, like, I'm not interested in this. And I like put my foot down and I was proud of myself for being like, but yes. I still remember then he sort of like go, like kind of disappeared after we had this like weird thing. And then I was like, okay, that was a test. Let's go round two. And like, mm -hmm. I remember then the next guy, I like met this really nice guy. So nice. And, but I just sat with how I felt with the, with these men, like how, how did my energy feel? And I remember he was super anxious and I felt bad because obviously he liked me, right? Mm -hmm. Like he was super sweet. So I went on like four dates with him, definitely like got to know him. And I just remember thinking this isn't right because my energy, he's making me feel more anxious at a time yes. where I need to not feel more anxious. So I really just started to listen to my body and to slow down. And, you know, and when my body was telling me it was not right, you know, again, I, I was like, you know, you're so nice, but this isn't right for me. You know, this isn't a fit. 
and I had met my boyfriend like the we I literally like did a date on Friday night and then like met Jesse on Saturday and we did like a coffee date and I again showed up daytime date no alcohol I was very adamant about not drinking for the first few days I also had just started like a medication and so I was like I need to figure out how this is going to go um for me you know physically before I start dating somebody and, and drinking and whatnot so that also changed the game for me with him mm. because we went on a coffee date and, you know, in the middle of the day, like, and it was just like three hours of, and I felt so at ease with him. Yeah. And that was something that kept me coming back to him, even though I was freaking out in my head every day, convincing myself I didn't like him. Yeah. I remember I went on a walk with my best friend and I was like, I don't, I don't know. Like, you know, it was just like my whole same pattern, but I kept showing up like, and we, we just went super slow. You know, I just said, get to know this person. And like, I was just at that point, I think I was just my most raw self because I was so, my guards were so down and we just got to know each other. And he obviously is mature and, you know, was, was going through his own stuff. He was actually going through a divorce. So he had his own, we both brought our own baggage, but we just sat each date. I actually started therapy at the same time. So on our second date, he walked me to therapy. Like we started having a conversation about therapy date two. And he told me that he had been going for like three years and was very curious and super supportive. And it was just, it just was one of those things that I just kept showing up and letting him in and letting him in, which was not like me, you know, I would normally have cut him out right away, but I was kind of peeling those layers for us to get to know each other. And I just felt at ease with him. And that's how I knew something was different. I wasn't focusing on his physical qualities. I wasn't focusing on his resume of things, but I had manifested this man who had, and now the similarities between him and my father are freakishly similar. It's so weird. (laughs) Like it's, it's really weird sometimes. And I'm like, okay, I guess I just got my dad a, a best buddy, but, but I manifested this person and I slowly like let him in. And that was like the biggest thing, but we, and and again, kept, kept it so slow. I mean, did not, there was no physical stuff happening until like, I think seven dates. I don't even know. It was like mm. something I'd never done before, but it just, it, it all worked out because he, he was invested with me. And actually what's so interesting is after the fact, we had a lot of conversations because he was, we were both very open that we were dating. We were, we were meeting people. We were both on the apps. You know, he was very mature about that. And he said, I said, what was different about me? And he even said, he was like, I was really curious about you because we moved so slow. And he had had girls, which is like the craziest thing was he had had a situation with another woman right before me where she, you know, they kind of, she kind of rushed into things. They, you know, slept together too soon. He didn't create that emotional attachment to her. Mm -hmm. And then she, you know, it was just the whole same thing that I would have done in the past. Right it just didn't work out. She, um, you know, she ended up like, you know, he tried to break it up with her and all this stuff, sort of stuff. Um, turns out that girl emailed me like last year. I think it was around, it was like, I don't know, a couple months ago. She oh. sent me an email cause she found me online. Oh, wow. And saw him, saw him in my blog, saw the story. And then she, you know, she kind of poured out the story of, of, thinking that he did something wrong. Like he played me and then now he's trying to be with you and all this sort of stuff and painted this whole picture. And I sat with this email and I was like, oh my God, this girl is just me. And and so I like really sat with my response to her and I tell the story on my Instagram, but you know, it was like, 
I felt like I was talking to myself beforehand. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, honey, you, you didn't do anything wrong. You just, you didn't value yourself. And it showed like, and, he, and Jesse is a really good guy. He's a really great guy, but even a great guy isn't going to be able to like fall in love with you just because of X, Y, Z, like yeah. you're not in love with yourself. And her and I had this whole kind of back and forth email. And it turns out she had her own similar trauma to mine. And it was like mind blowing. And I just, that's when it started with dots connected for me that I needed to help other women yeah. figure this out. And I still struggled to kind of connect the dots and like come together with like, you know, that, cause then it's addressing my own trauma over and over again. Yeah. But it's just, when you show up on the apps differently and you demand something different, you are going to weed people out. You're going to get rejected. You're going to reject people because you're, you're standing in your self-worth. And so, but that's how you're going to find a real partner. You don't want those, like the fuck boys that are, you know, that are coming to with the dick pics. That's what you don't want. No, absolutely freaking not. And I think like, it's so easy when you are like kind of in that desperate energy, because you want, all you want is to be loved because you don't feel like you're receiving love from anywhere else because you're not loving yourself. Then you go into this fucking insane lack mentality and like we were saying yes. you will literally you will do anything to kind of like keep these people interested in giving mm-hmm. you that validation that you're craving yep. um but a couple of things I wanted to just kind of like highlight was um first of all because I've definitely experienced this when you go in and you are breaking this pattern and you're dating somebody who's completely different Mm -hmm. does feel a little bit uncomfortable and this is where I think a lot of women miss the mark because they're Mm -hmm. they're looking for maybe if all of their past relationships and this was definitely my pattern in the beginning there was that intense like Mm -hmm. you know physical attraction loads of butterflies in the stomach which I will just mention in a second but that kind of like you know uh, what they call it like that insane like connection spark yeah mm-hmm. the spark and I think you know if if your pattern is that every time you have ended up in this pattern with the spark at the beginning and then it fizzles out then so you need to you need to take a step back and say okay so maybe I need to try being with someone who in the initial stages doesn't give me that big spark and doesn't give me all mm-hmm. of this kind of like the butterflies and everything yeah when you do that it does feel uncomfortable because you're like, I I don't know if this is the one because this isn't like the 1990s Matthew McConaughey films where everyone's like, Mm -hmm. you know, know, rainbows and sparkles and and everything. So it does feel uncomfortable and you have to work. It feels, you have to. And I think that's where you have to challenge yourself. And that's where this like type things comes into play where women will say, he's not my type. And, and, but again, if you are looking for a long-term partner, slow and steady will win the race, right? Because you need to get to know each other. And I think that's this like magical fairy dust that we try to say like, oh, the spark, the physical spark is so amazing that it's going to become something more. It's not going to that just because you have great chemistry with somebody or great sex with somebody does not mean it's going to translate into a relationship and men and women form those bonds differently. Uh And so, but you're right. Like for me, it was challenging that and saying, I'm going into this more logically saying I'm looking for these traits. And before I give someone myself, I want to see, I'm going to find out if they are worthy of me. 
And not that you're interviewing somebody. Cause I don't, you know, I don't go into no, what, yeah. you know, what do you do or how you gonna, <laughs> you know, but I sat with the, you know, I sat and figured out how do I feel with this person? What does this person bring to the table? How do they behave? And I remember I was very clear with, um, with Jesse, when I met him, I was super busy with a new job. I had a lot going on. And I said, if you're interested, you know, I mean, it would mean a lot to me if you would plan the date if you would kind of take yeah. the lead. And I told him that I was so much more communicative Speaking your needs. and I spoke my needs and he met them to a T every time yeah. we didn't text every single day. It wasn't this like frantic, you know, trying to control, but he kept coming back and he would say, Oh, Hey, how are you? Let's plan a date. Like it just fell into place because I let go of trying to control it. And I showed up and I just figured out if he was going to be a right, a good partner to me. And instead of taking the scraps of what you can get and worrying that if you don't hear from him, should I text him? And should, I never reached out to him. And, and if I wanted to, I did, but I didn't worry. Like it went three days and he didn't reach out. Did it? Like that whole drama, yeah. you get addicted to that drama yeah, and absolutely. then getting yourself out of that. And like you said, not looking for the same, because if you're looking for that same thing, you're in a pattern and that's yep. not working for you. So you yeah. have to break that. And for me, it was breaking the, you know, taking out the drinking from the dates, taking mm -hmm. out, you know, doing different things with the dating to where I couldn't show up the same. So I'm not going to show up at a coffee date. We did coffee. We did brunch. I don't think we had a glass of wine together until our, like, our third or fourth date. Like it was just like a no for me. And it forced me to sit in, sit into and listen to him and really get to know him. And and again, I mean, I had, I, it was so uncomfortable. I was like my friends. I was like, I don't know. I was just like, I don't know if I like him. You know, he's not, but it's so crazy. Now I watch, I've watched so many other friends do this. And mm -hmm. I'm like, you're breaking a pattern, but if you let yourself slide back into it and because you don't get that spark or whatever it is, yes. you're just sliding backwards and you're going to get the same results. Like yeah. you're going to get the same thing. Oh my God. So Jesse's, um, I'm very big on this is actions actions and words mm -hmm. must align and if somebody yes. like you know some people can talk or they're like like a, a date or something can chat 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 and promise you the world yep. and promise you this that and the other but if they're mm -hmm. not following through if the actions are not there then that's yep. a red flag and you say it's see you later mixed signals is all the signal you need if someone yeah. is not consistently yeah I did I mean it's so true because women are like what does this mean what does this mean all it means, it means is what it means. <laughs> it means what it means. If they're not invested in you, they're not invested and they're not going to, like, I think what happens is women think I can win them over or like, they're going to see how amazing I am one day. I had this relationship before Jesse with a man who was an adult man. I mean, 41 grown man. And for like two years, let him stay in my life. And he was so inconsistent. He would come and go. And when we come back in my life, it was like, Hey babes. And he was so involved, oh, but then he would yes. disappear and he would come back and disappear. But I, I was thinking about it recently and I thought back to when we first started and it's a typical kind of like narcissistic guy who gives you way too much at the beginning and he hooks you and then, you know, gets to play with you. But he told me everything I needed to know in the first few weeks, yeah. the first, actually the first date. Now that I look back, I'm oh like, my God. he showed me his card date yeah. one, but I was coming from a place of desperation. I wanted the validation. I wanted, you know, he had some of the things on my checklist that I thought was my type. And I fell for it. And I, and then break, I had to break up, break, breaking him out of my life was one of the hardest things too, because he didn't want to go. He wanted to keep this convenient relationship that he had. And he tried to convince me that we were friends and that we would be in each other's lives forever, even though he didn't want to commit. And like, I mean, the storyline from this guy was crazy. 
but I let it happen for two years. Yeah. Oh my God. But he was like, it's kind of like, cause I've, you know, I think I posted about this the other day. I've definitely had all of that, the people that come in and they promise too much yes. too soon. And it's, it's basically, it's filling a void for you, which is why, yes. which is why we kind of sit with it, latch on to it. It, mm -hmm. it and kind of let them sit in our lives and play us, you know? Yep. But something I was going to say to you was with the, um, butterflies in the stomach thing, like, mm -hmm. so, I always say, actually, I feel like butterflies in the stomach at the beginning of the relationship is actually a red flag. Like, it is. Anxiety. You oh don't, my God, it you is. Feel, yes. You don't feel. Mm -hmm. there's a real at ease. Yeah, you don't feel at ease. There's a real, there's, I mean, there's obviously, I think there's always a fine line between nervousness, excitement mm -hmm. um, and butterflies. But I know for sure when I was experiencing the butterflies, I can identify no shadow yep. of a doubt now that it was, it was yep. anxiety because I'm not at all. I, I actually feel like that's been some way, like people have convinced women that that gut feeling is good but it is not good. And I, same thing. I think back now to relationships. I had, again, a guy that was in and out of my life for like a decade, 10 years. Right. And I still like to the end of the relationship, the butterfly, I never felt comfortable with him. I wouldn't be able to sleep. I was like all the stuff. And that was my body telling me like, yeah. you can't trust him. Yeah. And, but we convince ourselves not to trust our gut. And so, but then when we find somebody that is a good partner, we, we think we don't have a spark because you don't feel that anxiety. What? And what's interesting now, as I've been sitting in this relationship with my boyfriend is, you know, but my, the attraction and the, you know, the connection, the chemistry only has grown yeah. since we, since I let him in, you know, and cause it was a very uncomfortable thing for me to do, but it's like, it just gets better and better. And it's continuing to get better and better because we're a good match for each other. But I totally agree that gut feeling. Now, if I felt that, I would think I was having a panic attack. Like now that I, I've dealt with my own mental health issues and my own anxiety and all of that stuff, like I would think I was going to throw up, but like we convince ourselves that's a good thing. Yeah, what? no, like, it's, it's so crazy. It's insane. And I think like, you know, once you can learn to tap into what it is that your body's telling you, you can really start yes. to differentiate between that kind of like, okay, this isn't right. For me, a gut feeling, it sits like almost, how do I describe this? It sits very deep inside of me. Yeah. Not like a kind of like, it's a very like, mm -hmm. mm, I'm here. Yeah. No, rather than it being like anything that's, that's nervous. Well, it's like deep, it's yeah. deep in your system. It's a knowing yeah. like that, you know, but you avoid that feeling because again, you're coming from a place of desperation or, you know, excitement or whatever it is, but that's not, you can't trust that feeling. And I think that is, you know, some sort of weird flipped shit that's, that women, like, it's like when in um, elementary school or when you're young, they, when a boy's mean to you, they say he likes you. It's like that. It's yeah. like, no, that is teaching women to like accept that sort of behavior. And it's not, that's not what you should be going after. And that's, I think that's when I showed up the second time to date differently uh -huh. is I sat with how I felt and I refused to let myself numb it, you know, have alcohol to change this, the anxiety, whatever it was. I mean, I just sat with it. And I remember being able to sit on dates with Jesse and just talk and it was comfortable. And I remember thinking like, oh, he feels friendly. He feels warm. Like I feel comfortable with him. But the, the sexual chemistry just grew as we became more connected to each other. And that was new for me. Like that, I, I had never let someone in to like truly love me for who I was. 
it was always love me for my body or love me for my looks or love me for whatever else. What and I can so, do for you. Love me for what I yes. can do for you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. So if we were to look at what would be like two two of the main things that you would like to say to the woman that's listening now who would like to meet someone but has been struggling in these, you know, mm. patterns, what would be like your two two pieces of Lisa Van Lu um <laughs> wisdom? I mean, there's been a lot wisdom. of wisdom here. Um yeah. But yeah, what would you like her to know? I think I think because I've definitely been in that place and I think like we've sort of touched on, but if you continue to get these, these different the results that you don't want. Right. And mm-hmm. I, I remember doing a lot of research. I read the books I read, you know, men, why men wear, marry bitches and all this stuff. But I was like, well, I'm not deep down. I'm not a bitch. Like that doesn't resonate with me. I don't yeah. know how to do this. And I think that was because I knew I was a nice person, but I hadn't sat into my self-worth. And I think that's where you have to, as a woman, take a step back mm-hmm. from the external validation. And yeah. if you're you're constantly searching for that external validation or trying to control, taking that step back to do the inner work. And I remember when I look back at this time too, I thought the same thing. I thought work on yourself meant get skinnier, get better clothes, fix my hair, show up prettier, post more Snapchats, use more filter. Like I would focus on all of the things that I could do externally to show up and show up and, and be better. Right. Mm-hmm. But that's not it. Like that actually will not work. Mm-hmm. And so it's not going to the gym. I think I've been on TikTok lately and everyone's on this like glow up thing, like lose the weight. You don't need him All this stuff. It's not that it is, it is showing up and, and, and sit, sitting with yourself and doing the therapy or doing the workbooks, doing the journaling, you know, not everyone can do the therapy and that's, you know, it's a big commitment, it's a financial commitment, but there's so many resources out there. That's why I honestly made my workbook because mm-hmm. I thought, what can I provide someone that was in a space that I was at 28, 29, 30, where I was not ready for therapy. I was not going to, sh- I, I tried it, wasn't happening. So what is it that you can do to start to kind of un, you know, unleash what's happening inside mm. and figure out how to show up in your worth. And I think that's like the number one thing is if you are continuing to find yourself in the same, you know, the same pattern, you've got to break it, but it starts with you. Like you have to do the work. And so, and the internal work is scary and you don't always know how to start it and you don't always know where to go. And so that's why I feel like that's been my main focus of where I want to take my content is what can I give her that she can do on her own today and finding something. And if it's not even a workbook, it's get yourself a journal and start to investigate why you feel certain things or why, you know, what's going on because you're going to uncover some stuff that you have buried that needs to come out. And, and when you start to do those things, trust that you will find someone. I had lost so much hope. I was probably the, like, you know, the woman that never thought I would have a relationship. And I'm like, you know, we both, we both are walking examples of, like going through this healing journey and then showing up differently and meeting someone that has changed our lives. And, and so I think that's the number two tip is have faith. You are, you are like, you are lovable, no matter who you are, no matter what limiting beliefs you're like like telling yourself, 
you know, you are lovable and you are worthy of love. And so, and that's really like, it's uncomfortable to sit with that when you don't feel that way. And, and so I think those two things, like you have to heal and you have to have faith. Like you have to just trust in the universe. And the more work you do on, on yourself, the more it's going to show up and you're going to reap those benefits in every area of your life, not just your relationship, but every area of your life is going to change. Yeah. Oh my God. I love those so much. And I will just add like, don't blame the app. Don't blame the app. It's not the app. It's not the apps. It's not the apps. It's it's the, it's the way that it's being approached. It's the way that Mm -hmm. the energy and the reasons that you're using them that is causing the real disconnection, you know, Mm -hmm. give apps a try. Yeah. Well, it's, it's in this day and age. I mean, just to go on with the apps, a lot of people blame the apps, but you know, we're not meeting people out in the same way. And you also should not be looking for your partner at a bar or wherever you think that you're going to meet men. That's not it. The apps give you an opportunity to put you in front of different men. And so my advice with dating apps is to go on the dates and just get to know people. You're going to have to go on a lot of dates, right? Like you're going to meet people. And just show up and meet that person for who they are. doesn't take the expectation away yeah. that that person is your soulmate, right? Like mm-hmm. just go on a date. And I will say, to be honest, I was on the apps for a really long time. I went on some great dates with guys that, yeah, I probably didn't have romantic chemistry with, but he was a great guy and we had a nice time and, and it was a friend or somebody, you know, and, and, and it was a good experience, a learning experience regardless. But if you show up and just say, I'm going to meet this person and get to know them, and don't invest so much before put the like take the pressure off because mm-hmm. that's what dating is you are getting to know people to see if they are a potential match yes. not no every time i go on this date he's <laughs> the one like whoa like that's un- <laughs> unlikely and i will tell you i was on the apps for i don't even know like a decade almost like you know it on and off and it wasn't until that last time but the timing was right and i met somebody so you have to have like I've been thinking about this recently with dating, you have to have faith. Yeah. You have to be able to be vulnerable and multiple yeah. times you have to be able to show up even if you get hurt or even if it doesn't work out, you have to be able to be continually vulnerable yeah. and and you have to be resilient. Yeah, You have to be able to kind of deal with, you know, I put myself out there. It didn't, that wasn't it, but I'm going to keep going because at one point it's going to click. And, and so you have to have that faith. Yeah, and say what you freaking want. Do not be messing yes. with people that are saying the complete opposite from what you want because you know you think maybe you'll yeah. change them or you know. Don't what. chase a, ch- a pretty face. Don't change. Okay. Don't chase a pretty face. No. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, I appreciate you so much for sharing your journey um, and all of your wonderful insight. And I just think it's an important topic for us to mm-hmm. discussion open around because you know. Mm-hmm. It's a kind of complex, I mean, if you'd have asked me 10 years ago, I, I, when I didn't know anything, I didn't, yeah. I didn't realize the complexities of actually dating, you know? Uh, yes. It's such an ongoing topic. And even when you find, you know, when you find someone that you click with, I was even just thinking about this recently, like making it work is work. Well, you know, yeah. relationships, relationships work. She, yeah, like mm-hmm. do not think that when you meet someone, then that's just, <laughs> that's just. And it's going to be like fairy tales, like uh, far from it. You may have a honeymoon phase, but the, the hard work is coming. And that's like a whole nother, that's a whole nother topic because yeah, it just, we'll, get into that. we'll have to get into that because we both have experienced that first year recently. 
Really? Well, mine's a little bit different because I haven't actually met him in the flesh yet. But yeah, you know, True. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll record an episode when I eventually get to New York in the same room. Yeah. And I'll be like, okay, so this is what I'm learning. Yeah, exactly. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you so much for being here. And can you please, first of all, let the peeps know where to find you. Second of all, mm-hmm. how to grab your workbook um and i will obviously put everything in the show notes but yeah just hit everyone up with your yeah details. you can find me on instagram and tiktok i am lvl underscore it underscore up so level it up um and my free download is actually in the links in my bio Beautiful. you can also um see and visit my blog it's um lvlitup.com and um i've got my blog there there's tons of stories there about dating, my mental health, how I met my boyfriend. I mean, lots of stuff. So um, lots of great intro. And then there's also a free download there um, in my resources, um, which is a workbook all about self-love too. Woohoo! Go and get yourself some freebies, people. Go and check out this lovely lady's... um, Go and just check her out on all of the the things. Um, She is a bit of a TikTok tiktok thriver i'm loving tiktok these days guys so if you want to see me be embarrassing please go find me there <laughs> just, uh, i don't think me and tiktok are going to become friends and i'm going to do your limiting belief i think it's more my energy belief i'm just like oh i can't add something uh, else into this whole yeah. crazy life mix right now mm-hmm. um but thank you so much and i will speak to you soon lovely lady thank you thank you so nice to see you Thank you so much for tuning in to the Thrive with Duff podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, I would be so, so grateful if you could head on over to iTunes and leave me some stars. And while you're over there, do not forget to hit subscribe so you never miss another episode. If you have friends, gal pals, your mom, anyone that you feel that would benefit from any of the episodes, I would be so grateful if you could share because I am on a mission to make sure that I empower as many women as I possibly can to be able to start thriving in their life. Until the next episode, my friend, take care. I'll speak to you soon.